Business Matters in association with the ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. If you're a senior manager in the private sector looking to reinforce your leadership skills, ATU are offering a Level 9 Executive MBS in Leadership and Innovation. Call 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie. I'm Kieran Donald. You're welcome to Business Matters. Later in the programme... We'll be talking to the Head of Innovation for the new Alpha Innovation Centre in Letterkenny, Kevin Sexton. My first guest this week is the owner of Burger Jacks in Mulford, Kieran Blaney. He set up the business at Lag Service Station in Mulford in July 2019. The takeaway outlet at Mulford Retail Park was opened in February 2022, and a few months later, the Burger Jacks 45-seater restaurant opened next door. Kieran, you are very welcome to Business Matters. Thanks very much, Kieran. Kieran, we are here in your restaurant uh, at the Mulford Retail Park. Thursday lunchtime, getting ready for another day's work. Yeah, I was supposed to be just in, kind of get a bit of prep done and get the place cleaned and organised for going again for. Well, we open at three o'clock every day, like so. I suppose we just kind of getting organised and getting things set up again. Tell me, uh, Kieran, just going back to, to the start uh, of the business, how and when did you get here? Well, I suppose it was back in July 2019 we initially opened. Now that was in the lag service station up the road there. Uh, we opened for, it was, it was actually my Uncle John's shop, and it was me and my father just set it up. And we said, what are we going to go for? Will we do burgers? Will we do... So we just we just decided we'll go for a nice kind of market. And we opened under, we just opened under the name Burger Jacks. Like I was in Dublin for a couple of years and we seen all these different burger places and stuff like that. And we just kind of said, well, instead of going for a kind of takeaway like doing everything we said we'll go for a kind of niche market and we just kind of took it from there and that's how it started really like and how long uh, was it established uh, at the lag service station before you moved uh, to the retail park here we opened in july 2019 up in the service station and then we moved here we opened the takeaway here in february 2022 and then we got the restaurant up and then i think it was a week after easter last year so i suppose we're just over a year open now, really. And was the plan always to come here, Kieran? Not really, no. We can open the shop with this idea of, you know what, we'll open a burger takeaway and just see how it goes. And then it was actually in, it was during COVID, it was August, we closed for a month because my father got COVID and the opportunity came up and we said, you know what, we'll go for it. And we kind of decided, what would we take away or a restaurant? And we said, you know what, we'll go for the two of them. You mentioned your, your college days there. Um, when you were at St. Unions, uh, for, for those five years, uh, had you always hopes of maybe going into business and set up on your own? Uh, I think I always wanted to go to college first. I always wanted to get a degree in something. And then I think the idea was always to go into some sort of hospitality business or something of my own in a way. And unfortunately, college didn't work out. And the next thing was just, well, we'll go for it. Like. So that's kind of what happened. We just kind of opened our own takeaway then. And now, in fairness, I was still in college when we actually opened it. Uh, I think I lasted about six weeks after I started college in the IT open letter Kenny there and just kind of couldn't it wasn't possible to do through them so I said you know what I'll just decide in one and Burgers X was one I decided on and obviously happy with the move you made Kieran oh, oh definitely like like I said a degree would have been handy to have in the back pocket but at the same time I don't think I'll ever really need to tell you the truth so talk to me uh, about the premises here we are sitting back uh, on one of the, the alcoves at the back Aye. Well, the restaurant, I suppose, we've, it's not a wild big restaurant, it's 45-seater, but I mean, it's ideal, really. Like, over the summer period and stuff, you could have a place twice as big and fill it. Whereas in the winter, it's kind of handier having a small place that you can, you get a nicer atmosphere with only a few tables in, like. 
So it does, it kind of helps us that way. It's small and it's easier to operate and stuff like that there. You don't need a big team of staff and stuff like that there. So Before we started recording, Kieran, uh, we were talking about the uh, Mulroy Drive and I suppose the advantage uh, of being located on, on the Mulroy Drive. How have you found, I suppose, business here and business in the retail park in general? Well, I suppose we're very lucky to be located where we are. Like, we're... We're, a big, we're in a big buzz, or a retail park here, there's plenty of parking and stuff like that, but as well as that, it's kind of on the main thoroughfare to like the Fana, Downings, Portal and all these other places and you have a big tourist kind of footfall, like you've, especially you see your bank holiday weekends and your summer and stuff like that there, you always have people kind of knocking about and passing the place and they see it and they come in and stuff like that, so I mean it is, like, it is definitely a very good location for that there, like like the caravan parks and holiday homes stuff like that there, doing a bit fan and downing stuff like that they're, they're definitely a big help to us like and we actually have a, we're, we're very lucky to have a lot of support from the people that are kind of running the caravan parks stuff like that there and holiday homes and B&Bs and hotels and stuff like that and I suppose repeat business is obviously uh, one of the things that you really sort of I suppose striving to achieve oh big time I like I mean even even though as early as this and all the season's only kind of kicking off but you've ones that you did in last summer and stuff and they're coming back and there's people coming in that are saying oh somebody recommended they're here last year and they recommend we'll come here when we come up and stuff like that there so it is it's nice to see that like because obviously the people that were here they were even happy and they're recommended to other people and stuff like that so and how have you found the 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 season so far i know we're just at the start of it kieran but how have you found business to date in fairness this, this year it's been very very good like uh i mean we closed for two weeks in january for just just staff holidays and stuff like that there and but even since then, like even January, February, March, we're very, very lucky now. Like I mean, the takeaway and both takeaway and the restaurant, like we're, you were still, you never really took a big dip or anything. Like it kind of kept going right through. Like, and I mean, even now we're into the start of May and stuff like that there, and you can see things picking up again and stuff. And weekends are very good. And I would actually, I would, I would like to get up now, kind of come into the summertime for kind of earlier in the day. I wouldn't mind getting up maybe from 12 o'clock Friday, Saturday, Sunday and stuff like that because it's 3 o'clock at the minute Keir, isn't it? it's 3 o'clock Wednesday, Sunday at the minute yeah and you took the decision to, to close uh, Monday and Tuesday is that all year round? it is it is no we'd open like the big bank holidays and stuff like that there we'd open on Monday and stuff no, but one thing about closing on Monday and Tuesday it's easier with staff you don't really have to like if you open it on 7 days a week you nearly need 2 teams of staff whereas you're only open to 5 days you have the 1 team and you have them off Monday and Tuesday and it's just a lot, it's a lot easier work, like, if you know what I mean. But then you probably could open the seven days over the summer. So we'll see. We'll have to, we'll have to make a decision on that fairly soon. You mentioned staff there. Uh, Kieran. how many are working here at the minute? At the minute we'd have probably about five, or s- about five full-time and then we're up to ten then all together with part-time and weekend workers and stuff like that there. And so, I mean, we do, like, like I said, because it's a small place, you, do kinda, you don't need a big team of staff. But then... We would like between five and ten, I would say, year round. That's kind of staff we'd have at the minute. And what is life like around here uh, on the retail park? We have six businesses accounted on the way in there beside you, so uh, obviously that, that complements things for you too, doesn't it? Oh, to sure. Like, I mean, we get we get a lot of footfall from like the home service next door to us. You've Lidl across the road there. You've the auto factors. You've the coffee garden there as well. Uh, the chemist next door to us there. It's like I mean, you do have a lot of you have a lot of people coming in and they're going about their daily shopping and stuff like that, and then they're saying, "Oh, sure, we'll nip in for a bit of and coffee or something like that." There, so I mean, it is that those business makes business, really. I suppose hospitality uh, has, I suppose, had its difficulties in recent times in retaining and recruiting staff. Yeah, Kieran, how has that uh, area been for you? Uh, the, st- the staff staff has been an issue. In fairness, uh, it was grand. We're in the shop, like we had a very small team. It was me and my father and. Uh, 
Hugh there and uh, my sister and my brother would step in and give us a hand, big weekend, stuff like that. But since we moved here now, it's grand getting staff for the restaurants. The biggest, the hardest thing to get chefs. And I mean, I don't know, there's a lot of people, a lot of people in the industry, kinda, a lot of chefs in the industry left it during COVID, I think, or they're way on, they're doing different things and stuff like that there. So it is, that's, that's the one kind of hard thing to get. And uh, is there any way around that? Well, what we've what we've been kind of advertising at the minute is because I know hospitality, I know it's very unsocial. It's very unsocial hours and stuff like that. So what we've kind of been thinking about is offering a four-day working week. So I mean, you'd have your full-time hours, you'd have your forty-plus hours within them four days, but you would still have your three days off. And then we've even gone as far as offering one weekend off a month. No, that's off-season. That'd be without June, July, August. But you would have you'd have your week one weekend off a month. You'd still have your full-time hours. And you have a four-day working week. Are you hopeful that that will uh, clinch the deal? Well, I mean, if somebody presented that opportunity to me, I would take the hand off them. If I was staying in hospitality, that is. Here, obviously, things have to change if, if businesses like yourself are, are going to attract and retain staff. Well, that's that. That's it. Like I've, like I know I'm only 24, or whatever, but I've been working in hospitality since I grew up in hospitality. Like, so I mean, I can see, I can see how unsociable it is, and even I know myself even at the minute. Like, you don't have much time to do much else. But I mean, that's why we're chatting about doing the four-day working week and getting your full-time hours and that, and giving them a weekend off a month. Because a weekend off in hospitality is unheard of, like, as, as plenty of people well know, like. Kieran, you mentioned COVID. Kieran, how big of an impact did that have on your business and on your plans to, to expand when you're coming down here? As COVID, COVID was a funny one. In fairness, the like, I can't, I can't, geez, I can't even remember now exactly when the first lockdown came in. But I remember when the first lockdown did come in, we were still up in the shop up my uncle's service station up there and we actually got very very busy I suppose there was nothing else everywhere else was closed there was no bars and restaurants really open it was only kind of essential places that were open and I mean we went through the roof whenever COVID first came in but then as it kind of trickled on and you had various different rules and regulations in place some bars and restaurants were able to open again and then we actually got a lot quieter so it, it kind of added ups and added up, added, has it ups and downs really mm. and I mean then it's funny, we actually, whenever my father went off of COVID in, was it August 2020, I think, we we took the month off. Well, he was sick for the month. And it was actually then that this, the opportunity to open this place arose. So, I mean, I can't really give out too much about COVID. It was kind of, it had a few of its blessings as well. So, it was extremely good timing uh, for yourself when you were looking for a place. And it's, as, as we, we see now, it's, it's purpose built. Oh, I, oh, yeah, yeah. Like we we took a we made the decision we were going to take one unit and open just a takeaway and continue on what we're doing, and then we had the opportunity to take the two units and develop our own restaurant and we said you know what why not? That wasn't a difficult decision to make, was it? No, or was it? Not not really. No, like it was kind of I suppose we kind of with a background in restaurants and stuff like that there and we kind of knew the service end of things and stuff like that there. So when like I said, whenever the opportunity came up, we just said you know what why not? Like we'll see how it goes. And I mean if it doesn't work out, we could always just go back to doing takeaway and whatever else but no thankfully now it's been the restaurant has been a nice addition to the business overall like when you changed location uh, Kieran did you change the way that you did things and did you change the menu and what you had to offer I suppose from from the business point of view the business kind of evolved and kind of grew into it like we we were very lucky we started off in the shop and we had no real pressure or anything else like we kind of grew with the business and we were learning all the time going along with it and then whenever we moved here then like we knew it was going to be kind of scaled up, and a, like we were just going to be busier and stuff like that there, and we kind of evolved the kitchen a bit and the way of working and stuff like that there. Uh, our menu, we added a few 
the menu it did it, we tweaked it a wee bit and we added a few different things like different we added vegetarian options and fish and stuff like that there and then the restaurant menu as we kind of grew into the restaurant side of things we started adding more than just burgers because we knew that there was a lot of people around here that you needed a more of an offering to pull them in like our, our, our main our main trade would still be burgers and chips but I mean there's still you can get people come in that don't eat burgers and they're getting an arm chicken salad or they're getting fish or they're getting chicken tenders or just, they're just, we just kind of evolved the menu just to add so that we could kind of please more customers and stuff like that there really and is the menu something that needs tweaking all the time? The menu, the main menu, is kind of a staple. Like that's something we kind of keep all the time. But then we do put on various different specials every weekend. Like there's always a few different specials that are going to, like like the last weekend with chicken wings, with pork ribs, with with a steak on one weekend, steak sandwich and stuff like that there. And that's like I said again, that's just to please other people that don't aren't coming in to eat burgers. Like you might have a household of maybe five or six people coming in for a bite to eat. Four of them might eat burgers, but two of them will will decide, no, I'll not go there because that's all they offer. So that's kind of the thinking behind the different offerings and stuff like that there, because you can kind of, you can please everyone in the house in, like, if you know what I mean. And your burgers uh, were paid a place uh, at a major award ceremony. Kieran, can you th- tell our listeners a wee bit about that? Ah, uh, we're up at the, we're up at the yes Chef Awards in Dundalk. No, we didn't, we are home empty-handed, unfortunately, but now in fairness, it was a great, it was, we are up, we are up at them, and we are at the Irish Restaurant Awards a couple of months ago. And I would have thought the Irish Wrestling Awards would have been the big, big one. Like, but honestly, God, that the Yes Chef Awards were absolutely brilliant. I've never it was one of the most enjoyable nights I've had in a long time. Like, uh, it was me and my girlfriend up, and we actually met uh, we met two women or four women actually from Key West in Donegal Town, and they ended up winning the they won the national award for uh, seafood rest on the year. And we just joined in with them to so their celebrations, and it was honestly God, it was a brilliant night's crack. And actually, I especially mentioned to them as well because they were. They deservedly won the award they got, and it was it was nice to kind of celebrate with them and have a good night with them. Good to be involved and associated with events like that, Kieran. It is surely, and it kind of it's an experience as well because you kind of go up at these things and you see different uh, restaurants and takeaways and stuff like that, and you kind of get an idea and a feel for what they're doing, and you kind of pick up different ideas and different approaches and stuff like that there. And it's good to kind of I suppose mix and chat to that kind of them kind of people as well, like because. I suppose everyone's everyone's constantly thinking on new ideas and stuff like that there and the more you chat to these kind of people the more you kind of learn as well just in terms of learning what's the best lesson that you've learned in business to date Kim? oh jeez <laughs> uh, well I suppose kind of manage people people manage me a big one like the staff like it's funny for me I'm all the staff that work here are either older than me or they're around about the same age is that a problem for you? it's it can be attained, but then at the same time, it's kind of good. Like you can kind of you have more of an understanding of the staff, the younger staff, and stuff like that there, and you can get on well with them. And it's kind of you can kind of get the best out of them by just kind of chatting them. And like I'm, I'm not, I'm not this kind of boss that's going to shout and roar and cause handling and stuff like that there. It's more like if somebody's if I want someone to do something, they'll kind of take them aside and chat them one on one and stuff like that there, and try and get the best out of them all the time. Like it's more, it's more kind of people management and anything else like like you're all kind of working towards the same goal like there's not I'm not going to pull somebody up for doing something wrong or something like that I'm just going to say listen what about what do you think about doing this way or that way or this, this might be a good idea for you or something like that there like it's there's, I don't think it I don't think it uh, kind of sits well with people being whenever you're getting cross all the time and you're getting angry and you're lashing out at staff and stuff like that I don't think it sits well on a staff like I think you're better off kind of just being easy going with them and just chat to them and stuff like that there because they enjoy it more then as well. Like 
and they're kind of happy to work toward the same goal as you are. Yeah, and a happy team is probably a more productive team as well. Oh, exactly, big team. Yeah, yeah. And well, that's that's like something we're very lucky to have. Like we've the staff we've had here since today we opened have been very very good now. Like they are, honest to God. Like that's that's why it's like I'd be in the kitchen most of the time working. And I mean, we've a couple of waitresses out here, and we've had some very busy days. And in fairness, some they've put in the hard work and they've they've got us like everything's gone well. So. We're we're very lucky now. We've had and a lot of the, all the staff we employ here are all very local. Like we've a couple of ones from Mulford and Ballyair and surrounding areas from Elton and stuff like that. There, so I mean, we're we're very lucky with the staff we have now. Can you give me a typical day or a typical week uh, in the life of Burgle Jacks here in Mulford? Ken? Well, I suppose we open on a Wednesday, like we said there. We open on a Wednesday, at three o'clock. So you're getting on here on a Wednesday from ten o'clock in the morning. Uh, you're getting cleaned and getting prepped and stuff like that there and then you're you here right through from 3 to maybe 11 o'clock at night for service and clean up and stuff like that and you've I suppose you have people come in you have people coming into the takeaway and you have the restaurant moving there and suppliers coming in and you know what I mean like there's always it's always moving and it's always and then you're you're in there on a Thursday I mean the Wednesday Thursdays kind of you wouldn't be flat to the matter or anything, but it's still it's still trickling over like it's still good enough. And then from Friday to Sunday, then Friday to Sunday goes back goes yeah. by in a flash. Just is there a, a period that's uh, busier than any other period during the week at any particular time? I mean, your Friday, your Friday and Saturdays from from five till half eight, most like very very few weeks, you wouldn't be flat to the matter from them them hours like. Obviously, you do get times where you're wee bit quieter and stuff like that there, but your Friday and Saturday from 5 to about half 8, and then your Sunday from, I would say, 3 o'clock. As soon as we open the doors on Sunday from 3 o'clock till about 7, you're flat out, and then after that, it just kind of quietens down. And then Sunday evening, everyone's kind of thinking about work on a Monday and school on a Monday and stuff like that. And then, I mean, then you're closed Monday and Tuesday. You're not open to the public, but, I mean, you're still in here. You've orders to do, you've rotas to do, you've cleaning to do, stuff like that. So, I mean, it is... The weeks don't be long going past now. Tell me, Kieran, have you a favourite dish yourself here? Uh, would you believe if I said a big into burgers? <laughs> the, the Mexican burger or the chili beef burger probably be the favourite. Now then the warm chicken salad too, if I'm feeling a wee bit more healthy and stuff like that there, but the, no, definitely chili beef burger. Right. Chili beef burger and the taco chip or something like that there would definitely be the favourite. You made reference to your father a number of times earlier. Um, is Neil the mentor that you would turn to now for advice? Is it very much a partnership, or do you seek help from from It'll be a mix of both. My father, really. Like, I mean, when we initially started this in 2019, the idea was that I was going to go through college, and it was him who was going to be running it and stuff like that. And then, as we talked about, college got knocked in the head, and I kind of went at it full time. And I mean, ever since then, it's kind of been me and him running the place. But I mean, one thing about him is he's done it all before. He's been at it for, I don't know, 40 years or something, more than 40 years or something like that. So, I mean, any time there's ever an issue, you always know he's kind of there. You can ask him a question. and Is that reassuring? Oh, definitely, yeah. Oh, 100%. Like, I mean, he's... Anything I, I, I I you think you're going through, or anything you any problem you come across and you're worrying and you're thinking, how am I going to deal with this here? You can guarantee he's seen it before. <laughs> like, I mean, you just go to him and you say to him and he say, no, 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 it's this way or that way. And, I mean, it is. It's definitely... It's nice to have him behind me. Like, it's definitely big, big help, like... And is there a person in business, Kieran, that you would admire most? Uh, I, suppose, I suppose growing up it actually would have been my father. Uh, like, I mean, we were, we were all working from a very young age. Like, we, we all wanted to. Like, we were all just involved, and it was just the whole family was involved in it. Uh, but, I mean, I suppose then in kind of the last few years, as much as still my father, but Pat McDonough and Supermax were a big one. Uh, 
I love the fact that Pat McDonough's based in the west of Ireland and he's he kind of came up through it as well and he, he worked in his own places and stuff like that and he kind of grew it himself. So I mean, he would definitely be a big role model. Like, I would actually I would love to do what Pat's kind of done with his own business. Like, And finally, Kieran, what lies ahead for yourself and your business? Well, I mean, I mean at the minute, in the immediate future, the kind of focus would be to extend the hours here. Uh, maybe starting a lunch trading or a breakfast trade or something like that there. But now we're a big... With a big kind of drive to get into Letter Kinney. Whether it be for takeaway and restaurant or just takeaway, I'm not sure yet. But I would definitely, I'm mad to get, my, mad to get a place in Letter Kinney. And then further beyond that, then as well. So, what's this space? Ah, well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Kieran Blinney, owner of Burger Jacks in Milford, thanks for taking the time to Cheers. talk to us on Business Matters. Thanks very much now. Cheers. Join us after the break when we'll be catching up with the Head of Innovation for the new Alpha Innovation Centre in Letterkenny, Kevin Sexton. Business Matters, in association with the ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. Are you a senior manager in the private sector looking to reinforce your leadership skills? ATU are offering their upcoming Level 9 Executive MBS in Leadership and Innovation, based around action learning. Take the next step in your career and contact the Exec Ed Coordinator on 9186206 today or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie. You're welcome back. The Innovators Under 35 Europe Festival was held last Thursday and Friday in Guidor. At the end of the final session on Friday afternoon at GTEC, I caught up with the Head of Innovation for the new Alpha Innovation Centre in Letterkenny, Kevin Sexton. Kevin spoke about the benefits of the two-day event and also talked about the positive impact the new state-of-the-art facility will have on the region when it opens in May 2025. Kevin, you are very welcome to Business Matters. Great to be here. Kieran. thank you very much for having me along. Kevin, we've just come to the second and final day of the Innovators Under 35 Europe and GTEC here in Guidor. Um, an enjoyable event for yourself and I suppose what were your main takeaways from the two days here, Kevin? Well, I suppose one of the big uh, takeaways is that innovation can happen anywhere. So the MIT Massachusetts Institute of Technology under 35's Innovators, you know, is an event that travels all around the world, all around Europe. Um, and we're here again for the second time in a row in Gidor in the Geltok and GTEC. Um, so I guess that's a, a, a first message, which is a real sort of confidence boost that, you know, We've brought some of the world's brightest and best here in terms of innovators, the European Innovation Council, um, you know, some of the big companies like Hexacon, to to GTEC here today to get together to celebrate what's been happening in innovation across Europe, um, and also to, I suppose, put put the message out there that you know Donegal is a really ambitious region. And that we're on a world stage, you know, and people kind of forget that sometimes. They think, you know, we're isolated, but we're not. You know, we're, we're well connected into the network. And I suppose MIT and the innovators under 35 coming to the region is a, is a real big message to our early stage starters, startups, our established businesses that, you know, location is not a barrier to grow a global business. And obviously COVID uh, taught us that lesson. Yeah, exactly. So COVID kind of forced us into sort of the space where businesses had to change, no choice. Uh, and we all adapted very, very quickly. Uh, I suppose the biggest example of that is in digital, where we've seen, you know, people's confidence in terms of ordering things online, ordering items online, you know, really transformed hugely. Obviously, it caught, uh, brought a lot of then challenges as well because businesses 
their tech while it was really good, really, really good, it wasn't ready to be 100% their only revenue, to their only access to business, to customers, you know. Um, so it's brought those kind of challenges, but it's forced us to adapt and change very, very quickly overnight over the course of the last three years. We don't really recognize where businesses were three years ago. Um, so it's brought all sorts of opportunities as well. Kevin, are businesses much more certain where they are now in the business world themselves? I think the real sort of uh, eye-opener to businesses were um, in the past you might have seen different sectors or different businesses come under threat for various reasons, but what we saw over the last couple of years was no business was immune and that you know you really had to sort of adapt or die. So we know the stories of Kodak and you know Blueberry and all the other uh, you know technologies and devices that have come and gone and haven't c- kept up to speed and, and have basically become the dinosaurs. Um, and you kind of thought, well, that was something that happened to those businesses out there, those others that didn't keep up to speed. But what we found is locally, in this country, in this region, that you really had to adapt or you weren't going to be around. So it's changed where businesses' mindsets are. I think now businesses know they can't sit and keep doing the thing they did for the last 30 or 40 or 50 or 100 years, that they have to be looking for the next thing. And they have to almost be prepared for the next disruption because there is, it's not going to be if you're going to be disrupted, it's when you're going to be disrupted. So, uh, would I be right in saying that uh, disruption uh, is nearly a vital part of business uh, if that sector is to keep improving and keep succeeding? Yeah, exactly. So, disruptor is kind of the thing that normally kind of stimulates people to move and uh, to go out there and change. But uh, without disruption, you know, it's kind of easy to sit on your laurels. Um, so, it's real. It's, it's the kind of stimulant. Um, but... It's a stimulant for sort of a reactive approach to innovation. So it's almost like a firefighting approach to innovation, right? That's what we saw during COVID. What businesses now and the more mature businesses are seeing is, now I need to actually be more in the driving seat. Now I need to decide proactively that I'm going to innovate. And there's about five different stages you move through in terms of innovation maturity. At the lower level, it's kind of, you know, dealing with the challenges as they come along on a daily basis, no planning. But now businesses are starting to realize, no, actually, hold on a second. I need to take the bull by the horns. I need to be driving this. They're starting to look at plans. So I had a business in Killy Beggs recently who said that uh, we'd done a bit of work with them. And they said, now we're going to have our day dedicated to innovation regularly within the business every quarter. So businesses are taking a much more proactive kind of stance because they know um, you just can't simply leave it to chance anymore. But also, I mean, there's so many huge opportunities in the world that you need to be out there looking for those opportunities. Um, and even ourselves in the offshore wind space off the coast of Donegal, like that's a great opportunity that's coming along. But businesses need to be kind of fighting fit, you know. You're not going to run the marathon, the New York City Marathon tomorrow, Unless you get out of the couch today and run a mile or walk a mile. <laughs> so businesses start to realise it's about making those first steps. Uh, in relation to bringing uh, this event together, it's the second successive year. How much work was involved in, 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 in showcasing and getting everybody together uh, for this weekend? There's a lot of work that's been happened over the last numbers of months. So over the last, I think, couple of months, we've been up at the crack of dawn every Tuesday with our steering group, um, um, pulling together agendas and speakers. And the agenda you saw today was kind of a process of an ongoing iteration on a weekly basis, really. Um, but a lot of work's gone into it. Um, the event organizers are fantastic. You know, they do a lot of the work that we don't have to worry about behind the scenes in terms of stage management and so on. But there's a lot of work been going into this for a long time. Uh, it, it, it takes about six months to pull off an event like this, really, you know. So as soon as one ends, it's kind of up, starting for the next one. And just in relation to planning, Kevin, you have a major uh, undertaking yourself uh, over the next while 
setting up the Alpha Centre in Letterkenny. Can you talk to me about that? Yeah, so the Alpha Innovation Centre, uh, which will open its doors in May 2025, so about 24 months from now, is a, about a 60,000 square feet development of two iconic buildings, a public realm just off the Port Road where the old ESB Centre would have been, if anybody remembers that, and then opening all the way down to the Pierce Road. So a really iconic sort of, I describe it as uh, almost like a Google campus in the centre of Letterkenny. Um, and the idea of this centre is to bring businesses out of the weeds, you know, once a week, once a month, um, bring them through a programme of innovation, um, teaching them the basics about identifying problems, framing problems, seeing opportunities, measuring pro- opportunities, whether they're investable, whether you should, whether they're, as I call them, whether they're problems worth solving or kind of nice to haves, whether the vitamin pill or the painkiller for businesses. And... Um, and so the centre will be about 60,000 square feet, two buildings, and the Alpha building itself is about 20,000, just under 20,000 square feet. Um, I describe the Alpha centre it's, itself, that building, as a process rather than a building. So rather than you, you know, coming into a building and being there for six months or a year or two years and trying to figure out, you know, can you grow a business, how do you grow a business, we have a very structured programme, a series of workshops um, where businesses will come in on day one, and the idea is to... If you imagine innovation as a sort of five-stage process, that we have stage one, your goal is to get to stage two, almost like a sort of a snakes and ladder game, right? So there's as a, as a stepping, stepping stone. stone, exactly. So there's a, a, like a ladder, I suppose, that's how maturity and innovation works. Um, and there's certain things you need to be doing in stage one in order to get to stage two. And if you don't gather the evidence, it's okay. You can, we call that an early failure or a quick win. You gather the knowledge and you go back to the drawing board again. But the idea is to do that at a phenomenally accelerated rate. So whereas another business might take two years to do that, we'd be talking about four weeks to do that. So you're speeding that process up pretty fast and then moving businesses through, assuming they get the evidence that there is a market or there's a customer or there's a problem worth solving, then we shoot you up to stage two, which is the next floor of the building. So basically you move up a floor each time and then ultimately our goal is to spin you out of the building so that you outgrow the building you're scaling your business into international markets and we have all those relationships you know we have all those contacts into the US um, uh, so our goal is to get as many businesses coming through there as, as possible and people learning that process so that then they can kind of do it on their own they don't need us anymore so Kevin how big a game changer is this going to be for business in Kenny, Donegal and the Northwest? it's Phenomenal! It's a phenomenal. It's a big investment by the county council. Significant investment by them and Enterprise Ireland. Um, so there's a huge amount of money being put into this. Um, but it's going to basically transform the whole region. It's going to transform those businesses that have been doing what they've been doing for a long time and bring them into new markets. Help them to diversify, to look for new opportunities. I talked to businesses who were, you know, in the, in the manufacturing and welding space, and now they're, you know, not not. I can't claim credit for this. They're doing it themselves. But you know, they're in that manufacturing space where now they're commissioning the electronics for um, for for the uh, toll booths in, in Mexico and Portugal. So, look, businesses are are reaching out into the international markets and they're changing. They're they're, they're looking for those higher value uh, opportunities. So it's it's what's great about this opportunity is it's for everybody. It's for whether you're a student or a young academic in university. It's there for you for the taking. And we our doors are open to whether you have an idea or you've spotted a problem that needs to be solved. But also for those, our message to establish businesses is come in, you know, spend a day with us. Look, rather than getting the order out the door and down out, out to the truck, spend 
a morning with us working around what are some of the other opportunities that might be aligned with some of the skills that you have already, but they might be scalable into international markets. Well, do you find, uh, Kevin, in, in your experience, that uh, perhaps business owners are somewhat reluctant to ever take a step back from what they're doing uh, and, and look at how they do things, uh, as opposed to always keeping going and just worrying from day to day? Yeah, that's that's the biggest barrier. <laughs> that's the problem because businesses will say, "I'm trying to get the orders out the door. I got, you know, I've got this this job to do." There's a cartoon. I don't know if anybody's seen it where it shows kind of the cavemen, and there's two cavemen pushing this wooden cart, and the cart has square wheels, and they've got their heads down pushing that cart. And there's another caveman with this beautiful round. I think he calls it a wheel or something like that. And he's trying to talk to the two guys pushing the cart with the square wheels. And they're kind of shrugging him off with their hands in the air. They're not even looking at him. And they're saying, no, 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 we're too busy getting this moving. We don't have time to talk to you. Well, that's kind of the attitude to a lot of businesses in terms of innovation. It's like, we're too busy doing this thing now to take our heads out of the weeds to look at what the next opportunity is going to be. Now, the smart businesses are doing it. Um, but we need more and more businesses to do that, and that's where Alpha Innovation comes in. We have the, the the processes, we have the people, we have the team. You know, we're not. You know, this is a free resource for businesses to capitalize on, and it can transform them. It can transform them where they're, you know, manufacturing a bit of a welding piece here to now, you know, tendering for projects and, and winning them in Mexico or what's happening in Killy Beggs where they're just spinning out innovations globally. So it's it's a game changer completely. But what's really excited about exciting about it is for our young people. Our young people, yes, they'll go off and travel and they'll learn great things, but they've come something to come back to now. There's opportunities on their doorsteps. And the software developers who think that, you know, those opportunities aren't, you know, in abundance locally, now they have, they come back, they've got a fantastic network of uh, enablers and supporters for business that can help them get started and with the with a problem they found that they want to solve you know so it's a really exciting time and with a lot a lot of the ducks are in the row like there's local enterprise board there's Westpic there's Western Development Commission there's Alpha Innovation there's the council there's a there's Enterprise Ireland there's a lot of great support out there um, but where I think sometimes the the businesses fall down is they do have their heads stuck in the weeds trying to get today's job done but what they say to me when they do come along to a workshop we try to keep our workshops very light touch you know you know an hour and a half we give you some practical stuff to do so when you walk out the door you've got your action plan that you can execute on um, it's not just a talk it's not just sitting listening to somebody um, but what they often say is my god one of the most valuable things was coming out of my business for a couple of hours because what they do is they meet other people like minded people who are also not happy to sit with the status quo in other businesses and what you find is there's great knowledge in the room they're just not taking the time to talk to each other so in some ways we create that excuse that environment for them to, to get together Kevin, can you talk to me about your own career path before you were appointed uh, as head of Alpha last year? Yeah, so um, so I, I originally started off in service design many, many years ago. Um, and it all makes sense when you look forward of where I've come. But roll forward, I, I established a business myself. I went through that whole route, very successful. But what I found was, uh, so we, we did work with, with across Europe at Virgin and so on. But what kind of bothered me was the scalability of that. As we got busier and busier and busier, I had to employ more and more and more people. 
Um, so there was huge management overheads and so on. So what I started looking at was, hold on a second, how can I build a scalable business? So I moved out of the space I was in and moved into the digital space because I knew that was obviously the opportunity, that was the future. Um, and uh, and I uh, brought a, a startup through, got some investment through uh, the NDRC in Dublin. Um, I set up that startup in the digital hub in Dublin. We had you know fantastic developers from Brazil, Ireland, you know all around the place, um, and uh, and we kind of learned. What, by by you know shadowing everybody else who was at a similar stage, other businesses that had got investment as well. Basically, we're part of an accelerator. So that so I went through that process. From there, then um, I went back and studied uh, innovation, design, and technology um, in Dublin with uh, TUD. And then I went on to lecture with TUD on the side uh, as well as running my startup. Um, and then the next stage was I moved and I went, well, hold on a second. A lot of startups are struggling on the whole understanding how do you get your startup businesses into the into the large corporates. So I thought, well, hold on a second. I'm actually going to go and work in the large corporates to understand. So I basically joined this uh, European management technology company where then I was you know, working, driving innovation within that company. So we had uh, about 10,000 employees uh, all the way from the Nordics, Finland, Norway, uh, Sweden, Switzerland, uh, Germany, and then all the way down to the, in the south to Italy and France. So up in the north, you would have to kind of, obviously, the industrialized nation, the organizations like BMW and Boeing and all those. And then you had IKEA up in the Nordics and, you know, the energy companies. And then down the south, you had kind of more the, unsurprisingly, fashion and luxury goods in Italy, Louis Vuitton and Chanel. But what you saw was that a lot of them had the similar challenges. It was a similar challenge in their supply chain. It was challenges with their technology. And all our consultants that we embedded in, the, embedded in those organizations, we were training them to look for the problems, look for the barriers, look for the gaps, validate that they existed. If they existed in BMW, did they also ex- exist in Jaguar Land Rover, both clients? Um, and what, when we saw opportunities that were scalable across an industry, then we would, you know, go through a sort of validation process. Was it, you know, was there an opportunity in there? Was it investable? Because we had our own venture capital fund. So was it a big enough opportunity to invest in? And then we'd give our teams a little bit of time, just a little bit of time. And then we talked about busy companies. These people were busy, you know, busy consultants that didn't have much time. But we gave them the wherewithal and encouraged them to take a bit of time out to be able to validate that there was an opportunity there. And then, so what I would do is I'd bring them through an accelerated process, similarly to what we did in Alpha. And, uh, and we would basically get them to the stage where they were piloting or co-creating with the likes of Jaguar. And of course, Jaguar is delighted because there's a problem that was being solved by a consultant who wasn't charging them to understand that problem specifically. They were getting paid for a different job, um, and they would co-create, you know, um, you know, uh, solutions around those problems. And by the time they got to piloting those products, they already had Jaguar Land Rover on board. They were screaming, going, you know, we've just told you everything about this problem. We've worked with you for the last six months. You know, you've iterated a solution towards our specific needs. Where, where, when can we sign up? Can we, can we sign up? So the whole process of developing customers was very, very easy. Um, it's something that startups expect to be really, really difficult. But if you go about it at the early days in a different way, it's very easy. Um, so, uh, so, th- so that's what I was doing. So I was here, came back during lockdown to Donegal, where I'm from originally, <laughs> after being away for a long time. And um, and I was on a call, I remember, really one morning. So when I worked in Finland, the, fi- the Finns, I'd be sitting down in, in a show and the Finns, of course, are two hours ahead of me. So I, my workshops were starting at like, you know, seven o'clock in the morning or 6.30 in the morning. I'd be up at half five to prepare for it. And I remember sitting there in the middle of the winter and going, 
it kind of struck me going, am I mad? I'm doing all this for the Finns, the Danish, the 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 the, 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 the Dutch, uh, and the Italians. And I loved it. It was absolutely fantastic. You know, as I say, we 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 had a lot of money to invest in those startups, and the success rate was great. And I thought to myself. Why am I not doing that in my own region? Why am I not doing that in Donegal? I am in Donegal doing it, but I'm actually exporting that through my computer every morning to to you know North, North Europe. So it kind of penny dropped, and you know a, a number of stars aligned, and you know uh, the Alpha Innovation timing was was uh, the opportunity was good there. Timing has come along, um, and uh, and lo and behold, here I am rolling forward. So kind of. It, it kind of all happened very nicely, fell together, you know. How hopeful uh, are you, Kevin, that the centre will be a success? I absolutely no doubt. Absolutely no doubt. You, you can see what's happening already. If you look at places like Colab and the university and the ATU um, and, and the businesses that I'm meeting out there around the county, there's a real appetite. Now, not everybody is ready for it. Some people will only, you know, come to the well when they realise that, you know, everything's been proven. They're kind of the laggards, I guess I would say. We're focusing on those businesses that are real innovators. The real, you know, they're hungry to change. They want to change. They just don't know how. So I know already the appetite is huge. Um, the businesses that we've come along to our workshop rate us very highly, which is great. We're delighted about that. We always ask people, give us the tough love. Tell us where we're wrong. Tell us what we need to change. And the feedback's been really great. And a lot of our advocates and our champions are those that have attended our workshops and programs. So, so the the this I I I'm very sort of data driven. I like evidence. <laughs> I don't. I, I you know I, I I gut feeling is great, but you have to be very careful about it and your own bias. Um, but the indications are that there's a great appetite out there. Um, we, I think, I think our challenge will be catering to the demand because when you think about it, you know, you have a centre which is going to take you through a program at no cost to your business. You could be spending a thousand euros a day or two thousand euros a day with a consultant. You're going to come through a program which is a relatively short period in the time of your business. Um, we'll work around the needs of the businesses, so you know we won't expect them to be there 24 hours a day or five days a week because that's not realistic. But we'll be looking for about 20% or 10% of their time, and the value they'll get will be huge. So it'll be a success, I'm no doubt about that. One of the businesses that uh, she was here today, actually, one of our startups, and uh, we met her on the 10th of March. She came to one of our workshops. And we did the usual. We, you know, they, we have a very structured approach to our workshops. It's very much you learn, you know, the so what of something. Why would you bother doing this? Why this is this important? Then we give them a little bit of a self-assessment or an audit so they can tick where they are today. And then from that, we have another template which basically allows them to put together a little bit of an action plan. So it basically means by walking out of the room, they've already you know, learned something, self-assessed themselves, and now they have a plan. And that plan should be enacted. We say, you know, what are you going to do in month one, month two, month three? Well, we sat down with that startup a few weeks later, um, and we have a coaching clinic, by the way. So we allow people to come into our website and book a coaching clinic if they need a bit of support or a bit of advice. She came back into her first coaching clinic, I think it was, or maybe it was her second, and she pulled out her execution plan, and she says, look, I've done this, 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 and this. She says, look at the date. When we first met you, and this is why I remember it was the 10th of March, because she said, it was the 10th of March. Today's the 12th of April. She says, I learned one more in one day in that workshop, she said, than I learned in the previous six months. So can you imagine if you could turn every day into six months of progress? That's where you're looking at. You know, that's, that's the value. Um, and, uh, and by the way, this is not somebody as a startup 
founder. She's not somebody who sits around for six months waiting for things to happen. She's very, very ambitious. She's very hardworking. So for her to say that she learned more in a day than six months, you know, blew our minds. But that's kind of what we want to do. We, we, we know business's time is valuable. So we want to turn the day into huge value. We don't want you to turn and listen to people talking in a workshop and go now figure out how do I do it. We want to give you the answer so you're empowered to go forward. Kevin Sexton, Head of Alpha Innovation Centre, thanks for taking the time to talk to us on Business Matters. Great. Thanks, Kieran. Thanks for having me. Well, that's it for this edition of Business Matters. Thanks to my guests, Kieran Blinney and Kevin Sexton. Thanks to Kenneth Wilson on sound. And thanks to you for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with the programme, drop an email to businessmatters at highlandradio.com. Business Matters, in association with the ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. If you're a senior manager in the private sector looking to reinforce your leadership skills, ATU are offering a Level 9 Executive MBS in Leadership and Innovation. Call 918-6206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie.